G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us see the way the Lord wants us to live while we wait for the soon return of Jesus. Being a good and godly neighbor, uh, if someone's in a hospital, you go visit them. If someone needs prayer, you pray for them. Doing those things that we do in the name of the Lord. And as our culture gets darker, we as Christians need to shine brighter. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. What do you do while you're on hold? Do you hum along to that on hold music? Do you tap your pencil or daydream a little? Few of us actually enjoy waiting, but we're all in a waiting mode right now as we anticipate the return of Christ. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the Lord doesn't want us to kill time. He wants us to bring light and life to those around us. Maybe we're not waiting on God. Maybe He's waiting for us to invite more into the kingdom. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ could come back in your lifetime? Raise up your hand. You believe it's possible. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ could come back at any time? Okay, that's good. Let's just say for the sake of a point that we knew that Jesus Christ was returning for us at three o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow. I think the first thing we'd want to do is make sure our clocks are set properly, right? Now we know this is impossible because no man knows the day or the hour. But having said that, just for the sake of a point, let's say we knew Jesus was coming tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock p.m. I am sure we would all look like saints at 2.45, right? (laughs) Nobody would be messing around. We'd be wearing our Sunday morning smiles and we would have our come quickly Jesus attitudes. Well, the fact is, that's the way we ought to be every day. Martin Luther once said, quote, there are two days on my calendar, this day and that day. And that day he was referring to was the day of the Lord's return. The fact is, we should live every day as though it were the day Christ were coming back. We should live every day as though it were our last day. Someone once asked the great evangelist D.L. Moody, Um, how would you spend the last day on earth? If you knew it was your last day, how would you spend it? His response was, I wouldn't do anything different than I do every day. And that is the way that we should live as Christians. So this is our last message in the book of Daniel. And Daniel is, to a large degree, a prophetic book, which means it speaks of things to come. That's why we've called it end of days. It's a counterpart in the Old Testament to the New Testament book of Revelation. There's a lot in Daniel 
about the Lord's imminent return. And there's a lot in the Bible about the Lord's return as well. There are 260 chapters in the New Testament and Christ's return is mentioned no less than 318 times in those chapters. In fact, statistically, one verse in every 25 verses in the Bible mentions the return of Jesus Christ. So here in Daniel 12, the prophet is given one final vision. He's given sort of a glimpse behind the veil of the supernatural world, the world of God and Satan, of demons and angels, and of the afterlife as well. Daniel 12 verse one. At that time Michael the archangel who stands guard over your nation will arise and there'll be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Daniel is referring here to the tribulation period that we've talked about at length. It lasts seven years. It begins with the emergence of Antichrist and ends with the return of Jesus Christ. Continues on. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky and those who lead many to righteousness will shine as the stars forever. We'll stop there. The Bible teaches that there is coming a day when Christians will be judged. Now understand, the Bible speaks of the great white throne judgment toward the end of Revelation. That is a judgment that only non-believers will stand before. We read the small and the great stand before God. And the books are open and a book is open which is the book of life. And whoever is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. That's for non-believers only. No Christians will be there. No Christian would want to be there. But there's another judgment seat for Christians. This one is not about whether or not you get into heaven. Because in fact this judgment seat I'm talking about happens in heaven. It's called the judgment seat of Christ where we will receive rewards for our faithful service to the Lord. And uh, God does give rewards out. You know, I went to my grandson's soccer game yesterday. He's playing soccer quite well. I bribed him ahead of time. I said, if you score a goal, I'll buy you a toy. Sure enough, he scored a goal. Now here's the problem with sports for kids nowadays. They don't keep score, right? Because everyone's a winner, right? So it's like, who's ahead? Nobody knows. They're all winners. And, and I think this is ridiculous, by the way. I think we should keep score and there should be a winner and a loser. Because we're setting them up for real life. Because in life there's winners and losers. And guess what? In heaven there are those who achieve and receive rewards and there are those that don't achieve so much and will receive no reward. God doesn't say everyone's a winner. Well in a way we are because we're in heaven. <laughs> but do you want to really have nothing to show for your life when you're in heaven? You see I'm gonna to get to heaven because of what God has done for me by sending Jesus to die on the cross. By grace I'm saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, the Bible says. But now, because I'm a Christian, because I've been saved by God, I should want to do things for Him. So, describing this judgment, 1 Corinthians 3 says, on that judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. 
the fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So we want to be rewarded in that day because of our faithful service to the Lord. It's great to have you with us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the U.S. Today, Pastor Greg is presenting his final study in our Daniel series, a message called Things to Do Before the End of the World. Let's continue. All right, let's shift now from Daniel 12 over to Luke 12. Luke 12. This is a story that Jesus told about how we are to live as we await his return. It's called a parable. A parable is simply an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, an illustration. Luke 12, Jesus says, Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you are waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. Verse 38. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he'll reward the servants who are ready. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expect it. Now Peter asked an interesting question. Lord, is this illustration just for us or is it for everyone? The Lord replied, a faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. And if the master returns and finds that servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. Now drop down to verse 48. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Now, Jesus is using a first century illustration of a wedding. Weddings were different back in the days of Jesus than they are now. Weddings are very expensive now. There's a whole industry catering to it and people can spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a wedding. Now, my wedding cost about $10. <laughs> early 70s wedding. It was a hippie wedding, okay? Everybody had long hair, and uh, my wife was a vision of beauty. She actually wore the dress her mother was married in, a classic white wedding dress, timeless. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I picked the ugliest tuxedo ever made. I had this kind of ruffly shirt, a bow tie, <laughs> wide lapels. I'm being honest. I look like a pimp. That's this... I had long hair, long red beard. Uh, I don't know why she went through with it. <laughs> Seriously, she should have looked at me and said, eh, I don't know. But you know, underneath all that hair, Kathy could see a bald man, and that's exactly what she got. <laughs> but it was, you know, 44 years later, we're going strong, so we're thankful to God. It's not how much you spend. Well, back in biblical times, our weddings weren't like ours. Back in these days, a wedding could last upwards to a week. It was a big event, a big feast, and there was sort of a fun element to it. Everyone would arrive ready to go, 
but you did not know when the groom was coming. So the groom might come in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening and when he was on his way an announcement would be made. The groom is coming. So everybody fell into place and the ceremony took place. So with that in mind that's what Jesus is talking about. Maybe he will come later than we're expecting. Okay so here's point number one if you're taking notes. We should be shining lights in a dark place. We should be shining lights in a dark place. Look at verse 35. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. So if we were to put it into our vernacular today, it would be like saying, have fresh batteries in your flashlight, or have your phone charged, or have gas in your car. Uh, I don't know why it is, but my wife loves to run my car to the bottom of empty. And she'll say, it says we have another nine miles. I'm, and I, I'll drive the car just praying I make it to the gas station, right? <laughs> That's not a good way to live. And so in the same way, you want to have your tank filled. You want to have your phone charged. And in light of the Lord's return, you want to be ready for His return. So you take that fuel, that oil, and you pour it into your little dish. Now back in those days there their lights would be like a little clay dish and you would have oil in it and a floating wick. And so that's how you fueled your little first century flashlight. So always have a little extra oil, that flask on your belt. So the idea is be brightly shining. Always have oil to shine brightly. And as our culture gets darker, we as Christians need to shine brighter. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Notice it says, let your light shine so people see your good works. So it's not only talking about the gospel. I think you know we believe in talking about the gospel. But having said that, we need to live the gospel. And we need to demonstrate and show the gospel to people. Being a good and godly neighbor. Uh, if someone's in a hospital, you go visit them. If someone needs prayer, you pray for them. If someone has hit hard times, you take a meal to them. Doing those things that we do in the name of the Lord. Hey, if a child has no hope, you bring hope to them. We want to show compassion. Why? Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me into your home. When I was naked, you gave me clothing. When I was sick, you cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. His disciples said, well, wait, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we see you in prison and come and visit you? And he said, I tell you the truth, when you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So we're doing it for the Lord. Listen, we have all have three things we can give to God. Our treasure, our talent, and our time. First there's our treasure. And that's those finances that God has put under our care. This is why we encourage every believer to give generously to the Lord. Because I find that your heart follows your money. Jesus said where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you've invested in a certain stock, I'm certain you will follow that stock. Because you want it to do well, because if it does well, you do well. So when I've invested in the kingdom of God, I'm interested in the benefits of it. 
where we put our treasure, our hearts will follow. Number two, there's our talent. God has blessed every believer, every person with talent. You have natural talent. And then you have gifting from the Holy Spirit. God gives gifts to people. I was talking to a young man the other day who is uh, getting involved in ministry and he's still trying to find his place and what his real gift is. And I said, you know what I did when I was your age? Uh, I volunteered for everything. I offered to do anything that no one else would do. And you know what I found out? I was bad at a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I also found that I was good at a few things. A few things. And some of those things surprised me. I didn't know that I had a gifting there, but I did. And so we have these gifts that God has given us and we come and say, I want to serve the Lord somehow. And finally, there's our time. Our time. God gives to each of us 1,440 minutes to use every day. 24 hours to invest. Now you have to sleep for part of that, of course. But for those other hours, we we're responsible for what we do with them. That is why the Bible says, redeem the time because the days are evil. And that word redeem can be translated, make sacred and wise use of every opportunity. So back to our story. Jesus is saying, have your bags packed and be ready to go even if your master doesn't return as quickly as you would hope. Look at verse uh, 38. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. So Jesus is saying, even if I come later than you originally expected, be ready. Good encouragement today from Pastor Greg Laurie as he wraps up his series called End of Days. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg will be bringing us more practical insight on how we can be ready for the return of the Lord. Hope you can join us. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Things to Do Before the End of the World. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.